I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Dwell, a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschooling moms by homeschooling moms. I'm your co-host, Renee Mathis. Glad to be here along with my co-host, Karen Kern. Hello, Karen. Hi, Renee. Nice to see you. Yeah, it's so good to see you. Even though we were together in person last week in Charlotte, we're back to our yeah. regular remote, remote recording this week. And yeah. um, before we get started with today's um, topic of today's podcast, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Inquisicook, and tell you a little bit about them. Are you searching for hands-on activities that explore the practical side of science? Look no further than your kitchen. Inquisicook blends food science and culinary arts into an engaging program that puts delicious food on the family table. Let Inquisicook do the teaching with lesson videos that speak to the student in a friendly conversational tone. Their online platform is easy to navigate and optimized for mobile, so the learning experience can move from the classroom to the kitchen without a hitch. They provide the recipes, instruction sheets, and student forms for every lesson, so there are no books to buy. And their instructor resources make assessing student progress a piece of cake, even for the busiest parents. Inquisicook was created by homeschoolers for homeschoolers, and they are passionate about turning curious students into intuitive cooks, not just recipe followers. Say goodbye to the tyranny of the ingredients list and say hello to utilizing what's in season, what's on sale, or what's in the fridge. Visit inquisicook.com to view sample lessons, then check out the recipe gallery to see just how crave-worthy science can be. All right. Thanks to Inquisicook. Um, so today, Renee or Guy are going to talk about a topic that if you have more than one child... And as soon as that second child is able to move, grab, hit, bite, (laughs) steal, even before they can talk, you are probably going to find yourself dealing with the issue of sibling rivalry in your family. So we want to talk about that. And right off the bat, 
Renee would agree with me, I'm sure, that neither one of us are experts on the topic of sibling rivalry. We each raised five children, and they're all grown-ups now, and they're all friends with each other. And so we can offer you that hope, um, and we can offer you um, the assurance that every family deals with this, and we did too, and it's normal and inevitable. But we do want to give you some um, tips, perhaps, and some encouragement on this topic, right, Renee? Right. I totally agree with you, Karen. Um, This is not something I feel like I'm super expert in or that I did extremely well. I thought at one point about texting my kids and going, did y'all fight a lot? I know. (laughs) I thought. And then I thought, I don't know if I want to hear the answer to that. (laughs) So I didn't. It's true. It's true. You do. All the the daily struggles, you kind of forget. You just remember that's the mercy. Old. That is a mercy from God. That, mercy. <laughs> and so that just all fades into the background. And um, and I would agree. Yeah, five kids, but to see them as adults, be friends with one another, call one another on the phone, enjoy being together. Yeah, that is a huge, huge blessing. And I think again, that is a mercy for those of us as parents who know that we don't always have all the answers or do everything right. Um, you know, there's so much that goes into raising kids, like how we were raised, how our parents were raised, so how they raised us, and then what we bring into our own homes with our own kids, and then you combine that with your spouse and how they were raised, and you you know, you know, have a recipe for, well, we just do the best we can with what we have. And then you add to that, like, birth order and personalities. Exactly. You know, some, some first, most firstborns kind of want to take charge in the family. But right. there are some who are more laid back, and then the second or third child will be the more forceful personality. But every family has their own dynamics. Yeah, like with our family, our oldest two, um, you know, this is just the way the Lord planned it out. But there's a five-year gap between number two and number three. Uh, so, yeah. And and so our our boys are five years apart. So they were never like rough and tumble fighting with each other because one was clearly older and bigger all the time. Yeah. So they didn't have that kind of dynamic, but um, you know, when you have girls and they're verbal and girls tend to get at each other with words, whereas yeah. boys tend to get at each other with fists. It's a whole other, whole other thing yeah. to, to navigate. Yeah. In our family, David and Matt were 17 months apart. So they don't remember, you know, David would never remember not having Matt in his life. And they were, they've always been very close. They're opposite personalities, but they've always been very close. And, you know, when they were little and they were watching a movie or whatever they were doing, they were always in proximity to one another. They were always sitting inches apart or they were always playing um, with their little cars together or they were always playing football together. But also, because of their personalities and, you know, just boys, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure that there was lots of fighting that went on. I don't really remember actually um, much detail about that. You know, I remember being in the car and hearing, hearing from the back of the van, like he's touching me. <laughs> or, <laughs> he's looking at me funny. You know? <laughs> and, you know, those kinds of things. I remember some, fighting over toys, I suppose, or, or, you know, and then when they get older, it's having an argument over who gets to use the family car. Mm. 
Or the girls, you're wearing my shirt. <laughs> you told me I could wear your shirt. I never said you could wear my shirt. Like <laughs> No, and, and today's parents, I mean, well, I guess if every kid in the car has their own phone or their tablet or something, maybe car rides are easier. We didn't have that, but no, we, didn't have we that. listened to a lot of adventures in Odyssey on cassette and Hank the Cowdog on audio books. Yeah. And we <laughs> at least we all like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think one thing, you know, there's obviously some positive things we can do to head off sibling things. And some of them may seem, like I said, they may seem obvious, but, you know, making sure everyone's little love tank is full and, and that they feel loved and appreciated. And that's where we as moms get to kind of set the tone in our home to um, make sure everyone's feeling feeling all the, the love and appreciation. Um, and I think also, too, having the kids as they grow up, they get to do their own special things. So they have their their thing that kind of sets them apart and they feel special and, and valued. You know, in our family, you know, each we had five, so we didn't have a lot of resources or time to go around, but they were they each kind of had their own special thing. So maybe one was drama, one was basketball, one was Boy Scouts. Um, and we tried to support the other ones as much as we could. Now, yeah, there, there there came a time when the, the little girls were like, we do not want to sit through another basketball game. Okay, you know, you could take a break and stay home with your big sister. But um, but there are other times when someone achieves something or they get an award and you all want to be there and support them and cheer them on. And so building, building the positive teamwork and their actions um, when you can, I think, kind of goes a long way to heading off the negative. I mean, the negative is going to happen. It's going to be there. Right. But. And celebrating, like you said, celebrating each of their accomplishments and their interests yeah. as much as you can. Because if you have a, a lot of children, or even if you have three children, they're going to have differences. They're going to have different interests and different skills. And sometimes one can feel like the sibling is better at everything. You know, and so going out of your way to make sure that there are opportunities to develop skills and have your chance to develop yourself is really important. Right. But something you said earlier, like you said, the love tank, you know, it's like there, as far as rules, a rule should always be that we mirroring, um, give being an example of the ways that we talk to each other. So, you know, when they're in the middle of something, you can say, you may not talk to your sibling like that. You may not, you know, watch your tone of voice or don't use those words or you're not allowed to hit or or bite, you know, whatever, whatever the things are for them to know that they've crossed a line. It's not a free for all. Right. Yeah. There have to be some house rules laid um, with like how we treat each other as human beings and certain things are not going to be allowed. Um, of course, as we know, the best time to talk about those and set those rules are not in the middle of a fight, but right. hopefully ahead of time. Uh, maybe, you know, when you're having a, a family meeting or, or some kind of an instruction with the kids to just to talk out what does a good conversation look like and how do human beings treat each other um, and, and being kind and to not be hurtful with our words is important. Yeah, it seems like the idea of kindness is just a central basic attitude that we should have toward one another. And when you think that a family is a microcosm of society at large, and that family is where children learn 
to um, give and take and to be kind and to bite their tongue or to learn to negotiate or learn to say that's not fair in a way that's still respectful. Right. Because we're not saying that you don't ever engage with each other in a conflict situation, but learning words to say and not to say and actions that be can, can be taken and learned to be able to deal with conflict before they go out into the world at large, before they get a job or even go to school or certainly get married. Right. College roommates. That's a biggie. Yeah. Um, you know, if, you, if, if you grow up in a home where <clears throat> conflict is kind of like, well, it just doesn't happen. Well, that may be good and peaceful, but do the kids really know how to deal with someone who's different from them? Or do they know how to have a hard conversation? Right. So I think those are skills that we can keep in mind as parents that, um, I mean, yeah, we sometimes peace at any cost is not, not the best road to take because nobody's learning in that situation. And it might be nice to be able to tell the kids, go to your room and be quiet. And there's peace for a time, but the big picture, the long-term view is they're not learning. They're not learning how to, to solve some things. So, um, yeah. And yeah. sometimes that, the whole idea of go to your room, um, it, you know, it can diffuse the issue in the moment. And then when they've calmed down, you can talk about it or bring them together again. You sit on this couch, you sit on that couch. Nobody's playing with these toys. You can each read a book and we'll, you know, come together again. And, right. you know, because, you know, we were chatting earlier that, you know, the worst thing is when mom starts yelling too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been there, done that. Okay. To be quiet, and you know, it it might for the moment everybody might be shocked and stop, but ultimately, it's not our finest moments. I know. Ultimately, we can do better than that. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, just long term, big picture, right? What's the long term? The long term is we want to grow up these little people into big people who know how yeah. to get along in the world and with other people, and it's got to start with their brothers and sisters. Yeah. So, um, Karen, you had a, a, we were talking about, I know we're kind of jumping all around here, but um, yeah. we're talking about your boys and like when they fight over a toy that you had a. Yeah, a, we used to do were, something, um, we call it a draft. I, I don't know if everybody calls it that when you share things, but it, it comes from, you know, like picking a sports team. So the Packers get number of people draft, right? They get to pick so many and then some other team picks somebody. I don't know how it works. My boys watch all of this on, on those, I don't know, watch it on TV or on the computer. I don't know. Anyways, a draft. So all the little matchbox cars are all over the floor and they're just grabbing them, but, and there might be a fight over one. So then we'd say, okay, you pick one. Now you pick one, now you pick one, you pick one, or they're playing with Legos or the girls are coloring and they are hogging the prettiest crayons. Like, no, you pick one. Now you pick one. And it seems like such a basic thing, but they're not going to think about that very often unless you tell them. And so the draft was a big thing that saved us many, many times when the kids were younger. I'm thinking, you know, two to eight, that those ages. It, and that's a good form of sharing, but it's like you have to choose. Just one. Little little kids take different strategies than big kids, right? Yeah. You, you can talk a lot of things out with bigger kids, whereas with little kids, it, it's very, you know, 
let's face it, it's, it's nice when a hug from mom can solve everything. Yeah. <laughs> With big kids, it's probably going to be a conversation that takes an hour at 11 o'clock at night when you're tired. But... Well, and you know, like even there, there can be a lot of conflict over with big kids and they like teens um who's mm-hmm. in the bathroom you've been in the bathroom like 15 minutes and i gotta go somewhere or um what do you mean you're taking the car mom said i could take the car or you know what we're gonna wear or who i don't know what we're gonna watch on tv like so many so many options for mm-hmm. conflict with bigger kids but sometimes good family planning can solve that problem yes you know, if everybody that. knows if you have a calendar and you plan these things that yeah. solves things so the more disorganized things are the more possibility for conflict and then there'll be conflict between two of the children over something that's a good reminder yeah just uh, what is it prior planning prevents poor performance or, i don't know there's some slogan i read somewhere but yeah. prior planning prevents a lot of problems so. yeah yeah, yeah, that's the bigger the family, the more planning is required. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on your resources, like I'm sure there are families out there where every kid gets a car, but that wasn't that wasn't the case with us. Right, right. Well, we talked about the idea of, of fairness because as soon as they get old enough to talk and assert themselves um past a certain point, you know, that's not fair. They yeah. got something and I didn't, and that's not fair. So Right. How did you handle that at your house? Well, like fair doesn't mean mean equal. So there are lots of different um, potential issues that might come up that you don't, you know, you don't get what you thought you were going to get, or you don't get it because you called it. You know, like this, I called it thing. I call the seat. I call the front seat. <laughs> I right. got some popsicles. I call the grape one from across the room. You weren't, you didn't get the box out first, you know, <laughs> so many potential opportunities for conflict, but fair doesn't always mean equal. And, you know, there are sometimes when the oldest one doesn't, doesn't get whatever it is. And mom has to just decide that. And it just, it, the, the buck stops with mom. Right. Yeah. Because again, it- Family situations change and, you know, budgets change, right? And so the opportunities for for doing things when you have just two kids at home and you're newlyweds versus when you have that last one at home, number five, and all the rest are grown and flown, it's a whole different family dynamic. Right. You eat steak for dinner when there's only one kid at home. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody will come by and go, what do you mean you guys are eating steak? (laughs) Or the older kids are like, we never had cable when we were at home. We're like, well, sorry, we have cable now. <laughs> Life's not there. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of room for that. But you're right. You know, kids are different. Kids need different things depending on their personalities. I remember one time a friend was over at our house and and she saw me rocking one of the, the little girls and. She's like, why do why do you rock that one and the other one you put in her bed and let her scream? <laughs> I was like, because they're different kids. Yeah. And, and one can can go to sleep in about five minutes, and the other one just needs to be rocked and put down. I don't know. It's just what how they're different and what they need. But that's part of the mystery of motherhood is just figuring out yeah. how to reach reach out and reach into the, the different ones. Um, I am. Yeah. Uh, 
I heard this this hint and I thought it was pretty helpful. I wish I wish I had known it several years ago. Um, but I know sometimes when when we hear our kids fighting or having a conflict, um, if we're a fixer type of mom, like we want to jump in and solve the problem for them so that we can bring some peace and harmony back to the house as fast as possible. Um, you know, it's it's easy to jump in and jump to conclusions and this is the kid who's obviously at fault. So then that one needs to be punished or that one needs to be sent to their room. And instead of maybe just asking the question, do you need my help? I thought, yeah. oh, that that is really smart. Um, to, to put yeah. us in a position of asking questions first and not jumping to conclusions. And it implies that the children are capable of solving this conflict on their own. Right. Instead of assuming that, you know, it's going crazy. And I, and once again, mom has to come in and fix it. Right. But uh, it's, it's, it's also something we can say even before things ramp up and get too bad. Right. You know, if you sort of hear, it sounds like maybe they're going in a bad direction. You could pop in. Hey, you guys need my help in there. Oh no, we're fine. Okay. You're right. And it reminds them. Oh, oops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty, pretty good. And I, I was thinking that, you know, when they're um, young um, and mom's busy, maybe you're cooking, maybe you're sitting at your table, maybe you work from home when you're at your computer and you hear something in the other room. It's just easy. It's easy in the moment to yell, hey, stop it, you know, or whatever words come out of your mouth in response to what you're hearing. But um, nothing compares to take getting yourself up and walking in there and taking away what they're what they're fighting about or in some physical way with your presence or your words when you're right in there you know making a change like nothing that nothing you can't sit on you can't sit at your computer and manage it from the next room you have to get up and go in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, which is a sacrifice and it's one of the hard things about being a mom which right, right and it might be distracting the fight by introducing something new to play with or sitting down on the couch and opening a book and starting to read it and then they forget that what they're fighting about to listen to the book but again it takes time it takes a moment and it takes energy and that's hard but it pays off it does pay off but that's one of those long-term long-range big picture kinds of things that we're developing. Um, and, and I think how much when we're, you know, we're as homeschoolers, right? A lot of what we're doing with our kids is teaching them how to one day be independent, right? We talk a lot about learning to to rule yourself, to have control, self-control over your choices and your decisions and your actions. And that's a great place to teach that is with conflict because we want our kids to learn how to make those choices in the moment when it's hard, right? So maybe sometimes you rehearse a little bit beforehand. You know, you we might be tempted to, to yell at our sister, what could we do instead, right? We know it's gonna happen. We know those temptations are gonna come up. The Lord tells us in his word, there, no, no special, you're not special, right? No temptation has overcome you, but that's common to everybody. So if we know these common temptations are out there, we could start perhaps learning how to deal with them before they happen. Right. It's like that. I think it might be a Daniel Tiger song that we, my um, granddaughter learned about when you something, when you're angry, 
and you count to four, you know, take a deep breath and count to four. It's this song. Um, it doesn't come to me right now, but but the idea is for a four-year-old to be able to take a deep breath and count to four. Like that gives them um, something that they can fall back on when they're mm-hmm. about to be really angry with their sister. Mm-hmm. And if you make a habit of it and sing it with them, you know, it diffuses the moment, has the potential to diffuse the moment. Right. Yeah. Super important. Yeah, I had um, a friend of mine who has five children and they are between the ages of 17 and six and they have a, a small farm. And this week on Instagram, she mentioned that, I don't know, there was some conflict that happened during chore time or in the barn or something. And they came in and the older ones were angry with each other. And she said, nothing diffuses that anger like like giving them all a project to do together. And so um, in the picture, she was showing the donuts that they had made. So, you know, being able to engage together come together again even when you're angry with each other and something happened and then you have a project together and you're working together and then you get to enjoy a donut like maybe she had already planned to do donuts that morning I don't know but it was a good reminder that you know in a big family doing a project together or a puzzle or you know what whatever you can think of can help bring everybody back together again with a better spirit I think yeah yeah, we really are all on the same team and it, life is a lot nicer when, when we remember that and we don't, we don't, everyone's not fighting for their own way. You're talking about chores. Um, one thing that we did for a while when the kids were a little older was we had a chore wheel and it was on the refrigerator and it was, it was basically two cardboard circles. One was smaller than the other and they were held together in the center with a little brad so that they could spin and um, the inner wheel was marked off with names of the kids uh-huh. and the outer wheel was marked with chores. And so we would just spin, like sometimes we'd spin it every week. I mean, not spin it, but rotate it every week. So, so that everybody knew this was my chore for the week. But and if I don't like it, well, it's going to change next week. I'm only stuck with it for one week. I can do anything for one week. Right. And yeah. then you just rotate it and then just kind of move your way through I guess I figured that was a good idea when one of the kids went off to college and was living in the dorm and they're like, uh, mom, can you remind me how to make a chore wheel? <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to, to figure out an equal way to divide up the jobs in the dorm. So oh, that's great. I guess yeah. it worked. I yeah. Guess it worked. Well, I think we've been going here in about 30 minutes. Have we? Um, it was fun talking about this and just remembering some things that we used to do or remembering the conflict because now, you know, our kids are all grown and gone and, you know, we both have grandchildren. And so we're seeing the second generation dealing with this. And I'm sure that when you go to visit your grandchildren, mm-hmm. conflict happens. And when all the kids are over here, conflict happens with the sisters or with the cousins and, and, um, It's a good perspective, though, to have now at this stage in life when you think, oh, it's not it's not that big a deal, you know, or, you know, let's just diffuse this. And um, but it's helpful to have some ideas. So uh, we're hoping that that some of the things that we said here will encourage you that um, this is a stage and we'll all get through it. And one day they will grow up and all be friends. So here's to home.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.